Hey, this is Luke Wade, and if you really want to learn how to level up your life, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my good friend, Scott Ferguson. Time to Shine Today podcast squad. It is Scott Ferguson. We are at episode 143, and I kind of shifted gears with the kind of people that I usually interview, usually coaches, therapists, uh, counselors, and whatnot, but I had to bring on Luke Wade from the KC Crew and Ally Sports because what he did during COVID in the city of Kansas City, Missouri, uh, it just blows my mind what he's actually doing. And uh, I'm just so impressed with the, what he did, and I had to get an interview with him. So my really good friend Jason Holzer made sure that we got connected and I could lay down an interview. And basically what he is is you know, he's a community creator. It's in his website and his company name. But he, during COVID, when it shut down, he still kept – community events going. So obviously we weren't able to play sand volleyball, kickball, softball, pickleball, or anything. But what he did is he set up at-home community events, which just blows my mind how he did it. So without further ado, here's my really good friend, Luke Wade from the KC Crew and Ally Sports. Time to shine today, Varsity Squad. It is Scott Ferguson and um, I'm going to go from the top. I just had some technical difficulties, so I'm just going to kind of redo this whole interview from the start. I have my really good friend Luke Wade from Kansas City, which I didn't really even tell him. My favorite player growing up was George Brett, which he's like a legend there in Kansas City. And actually, he helped me out a little bit of my batting stance back in high school down in Cocoa Beach, Florida, with Phil Wilson's uh, Show Me Baseball Camp. And it's really cool to have Luke on. He's a community creator. What he does is he will go into communities and set up events for people to have fun. He moved into community, didn't, he didn't feel, he felt that he could fit in anywhere, but there was no events going on. And that's what Luke does. And he is a little bit different from what I usually interview with coaches and mindset people to help you level up. But one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring Luke on is he's not only is a community creator, but he's doing this during the COVID time still. He actually has blown up his business. He pivoted, shift, whatever the the cool name is for it now to really level up. And I mean, he is an army guy, which we kind of joke around. I mean, Navy got the best of him this past year, but they did win that big football game with me being a Navy guy, but he's military. And that means the world to me. And again, I say he's an army veteran and computer programmer, started an extremely popular adult sports and events company, the KC Crew, about eight years ago in 2012, which has had over 70,000 league event participants in eight years in Kansas City alone. And he's planting seeds across the United States. So listen up to how he's doing this. Luke has used KC Crew's success to venture into other business verticals, such as software, food and beverage concepts that work and support KC Crew, as well as help other companies. Luke now helps other Others create thriving communities and emotional experiences through in-person and virtual events. Sports partnerships and philanthropy through his company, The Community Creator. The website is thecommunitycreator.com. It's in the show notes, but listen to this whole interview first before you go check them out. Luke, welcome to the squad. And if you could, tell us your favorite color and why. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Um, and thanks for that great introduction. Uh, yeah, so I've always had a trouble trouble picking my favorite color, but I would say, depending, I would say, like, is it what I'm wearing or what I'm looking at? You know, so I like uh, if I'm wearing 
a color it's going to be black you know the whole slimming thing for us big guys out there uh, <laughs> but if i'm looking at colors i like blue and red which worked out i ended up in kansas city with the royals and the chiefs so that worked out pretty well but i would say either blue or red is my favorite color love it love it what, what emoji do you use the most when you're texting um probably the laugh out loud one the crying go. face emoji the side uh, one or the upright one the upright one. All right, my man. Both eyes. Both <laughs> eyes crying laughing. Love it. Love it. Sorry, man. Well, again, thanks for coming on, brother, man. And it's been a while, and we got introduced to a mutual friend, Jason Holzer. Great guy. Look at him like a little brother for, for reals. Um, give us the origins of where you started. Maybe as you kind of moved into Kansas City, find yourself not lost, but was looking for stuff to do and really couldn't find it. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, when I moved to Kansas City, I actually lived down south. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know this, uh, but Kansas City is on both sides of the Missouri and Kansas state line. Um, I always say the good parts are in Missouri, but there's a lot of great stuff happening in Kansas and more and more <laughs> happening over there. Um, so when I moved here, I actually lived in Kansas, but I ended up finding a job downtown. And so I eventually moved downtown Kansas City, you know, being a young professional, 25, 26, 27 years old, downtown was talking about how cool it was. There was a lot of cool things coming, but there wasn't a lot to do. So I ended up finding myself playing in softball leagues and sand volleyball leagues to meet people in Kansas City because I really didn't know anybody. But I was having to drive 30 minutes outside the city to do that. And it just didn't make sense of why is downtown supposed to be this new cool place for young professionals? There's really not a lot going on yet. And so to be honest, I didn't really think of all that until after I'd started my business, Casey Crew. And I didn't even think of it as a business. I really just thought I was starting a softball league for me and my friends. Um, I, I stumbled into entrepreneurship, even though now that I look back, I realized I was really groomed for it my whole life. And almost everybody in my family is an entrepreneur now. So, uh, but nobody called it that back then. But anyway, moral of the story is I, I essentially just rented a softball field, told some friends, and we had about a thousand people sign up the first year. And all I did was look at every league I played in and I, and just took, did the opposite of what I didn't like, you know, just little things as like asking the official to score and him not wanting to tell me and just telling me we're up by three and kind of being a, you know, an asshole about it. Um, and so um, I, I said, you know, let's get rid of that. Let's put a scoreboard on the back of the fence and that he can flip and nobody has to ask for it. and just little things like that. And then I also started training our own officials rather than hiring the 25 to $30 an hour officials who went to official school and all they care about is the game. I hired people based on their personalities and if, it, if they like people and they like having fun. And then I taught them how to be an official and taught them how to umpire because at the end of the day in recreational sports leagues for adults, nobody's going pro everybody's out there to have a good time. And so now after eight years, I've realized maybe it was about year five or six. I realized that I'm after the kids who didn't make the team. I want the kids who play for fun. They don't care if they win or lose. And yes, we all care if we win or lose. There is some competition, but at the end of the day, these people just want to get outside, have fun, see the city and meet new people. And that's who I'm after. And at the end of the day, there's more of them than there are the people who are going to show up every week, try and win, argue, yell, compete and fight. We don't want them in our leagues. We actually put in a no douchebag clause in all of our rules that say, hey, if that's you, we're not the league for you, go somewhere else. So that's kind of how it started. Uh, I actually ran it full time, uh, part time for three years. So I, I'm a, I was a web developer and software programmer at heart. Um, I loved my day job. So when I started Casey Crew, it was just meant to be for fun. And then about three years in, someone actually offered me money for the business. And I said, oh, this is a business. It's worth something. Brought somebody in, evaluated it. They told me it's actually worth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they offered me. Uh, no, it was essentially someone offered me a bunch of money for the business and I brought someone in to evaluate it. And it was turns out it was worth two to three times what they had offered me. Oh, and wow. that kind of flipped the switch in my head to say, wow, I didn't know Casey Crew was a business. I could actually make money at this. And so I quit my job. And I've uh, been trying to figure out how to run a business ever since. 
<laughs> so what kind of support system, because I mean, you're having these huge events, small, small events, huge events. What, how did you bring in support system to follow your ideologies of how you wanted it run? Because you're about fun. You're about getting out there. Exercise is great for everybody. I'm sure there's different levels to the different leagues. But how did you find people to kind of come in and help you support this? Because one dude's not going to be able to handle everything, right? Yeah, in the beginning, it started out as just me. But yeah, I, I slowly found people who believed in, in what I did. And people kept saying how much they love Casey Crew. And soon it grew from my friends to, to half the city. You know, we, uh, we, have, we have now have almost 20,000 people a year, not half the city, but 20,000 people a year who play in our leagues or come to our events. And so, uh, you know, it's obviously more than my friends. I'd like to call them all my friends. But people just kept saying, like, this is so cool. This is so fun. Like, do you need help? Can I help you? And so that's how it really started. And then we obviously started, you know, advertising and hiring people and training them. Um, and then uh, really the support system, I, I eventually, when I was working part time with Casey Crew, I wanted to keep my day job. And so I actually built the software to manage all of my leagues. And because I saw it as a way to, hey, I can keep my leagues running more efficiently while I can keep my day job and not have to worry about it. And so that turned into a business of its own. At one point, I essentially got to where I was managing 8,000 people a year playing sports by myself through the software. Wow. Um, and so that's grown into its own business. I now have multiple platforms and investors. And, you know, that's part of the, the reason we're able to scale and launch in new cities, which we're working on right now. And the big idea behind the software, which I'm really excited about, is it has a global account, meaning that once we launch in multiple cities, if you play in your city and travel to another city, it will know that and offer you an opportunity to connect you to a lead or a team in that city. So if you play softball in Kansas City, I fly to Florida, it pops up on my phone and says, hey, there's a team tonight that needs a team. You want to, or you need a player, you want to sub. So now you're playing with people in different cities and sports you love. And that's the best networking on the planet. So that's kind of the big idea around the software. As we expand to different cities, we're going to start testing that. So Is really that software all through the community creator? Um, it's actually its own brand. So Casey Crew is like the sports and events platform. And then it's called League Ally is essentially um, the software platform for leagues and using my military background, obviously with Ally there. And then now um, I, I've actually helped and we're working on building our own facilities and our own food and beverage concepts. And so I had an investor last year who built, took, an, took over an old arena and turned it into a giant sports complex with 12 basketball courts. It's called Hy-Vee Arena here. And I was a big part of that. We office out of there. We run most of their leagues. Well, they invested in my league ally company to build a facility solution called Facility Ally. So now we've got both of those up and running. We just launched uh, one last year and the one year, year before. So we're getting ready to expand. We have investors coming on. We're getting ready to start selling that nationwide by the end of the year. Is the, the leagues, are they pay leagues? Yes. Yeah, so all of our leagues are pay to play. Um, it depends on what sport you play in. We have cornhole, pickleball. We even have a karaoke league. But we also, our biggest sports are sand volleyball, softball, kickball, and basketball. Um, so it depends on what sport you're playing, what level, like you said, of competition, where you're playing at. We offer them pretty much all over the city. And kind of our niche is working with public and private entities. A lot of people in my industry look at parks and rec departments as a competitor. I look at them as a partner. They own all the fields. They're not using half of them. How do we work with them to grow those areas and create economic development, which I didn't know what that meant until somebody told me I was doing it. Right. Uh, but essentially, that's what we do now is we, we drive young people um, and we're getting into old and young as well. But for now, it's adults. Um, our core demographic is 25 to 34 years old. And we just look at parts of the city that are 
growing or need to grow and have opportunities that we drive people there through marketing. So we're a one-stop shop. We work with the parks and rec department or the private entity. We rent the courts, we market, we advertise, we plan, we run the equipment and we write them a check at the end of the day. I was going to ask you, these parks and recs, they're, they're really governed by, you know, government and whatnot. But did they put up much, re are they putting up much resistance to you right now? No, most of the ones we work with have not. They've been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, we've worked with three or four so far. I'm actually, I just gave a big presentation to 600 parks and rec departments last week. Um, so I'm slowly getting the word out there that the, the whole idea of the community creator, which actually came last, it was Casey Crew, my software, and now the community creator was, how do I teach others what to do like I do in Kansas City? Because, I, you know, ideally, I'm not going to start a rec league in every single city, managing officials, weather, equipment, fields, like, just a big nightmare. But if I can teach others to do what I do, I can reach more people faster. And so the idea is like, how do I teach Parks and Rec to start a successful pickleball league or a cornhole league or whatever it may be? Um, that was the original idea. And then right when I launched the community creator, COVID happened. So I said, nobody's going to want to learn how to start a pickleball league or a cornhole league when they can't have anybody in person. So I switched. Luckily, we were able to pivot and start doing uh, virtual events and have had huge success. So now I'm teaching others how to do that as well. Tell us about those virtual events because, you know, at Time to Shine today, we're all about um, really adapting and overcoming. You know, that's kind of a military thing where everyone's saying pivot and shift. You know, a lot of people will make excuses instead of adjustments. You know, what did you really, when you took a step back on March 17th or whenever you guys went into your kind of quarantine, what, what was your first inclination? What was your first step? And tell us about the challenges. Yep. So... The first step I remember clear day is actually March 15th for us. Um, okay. We were trying to finish our winter season. So we had one week left. It was Sunday, March 15th. If we could get through that week, we'd be done with winter. And then we'd have a month before our next season started. So we were like, let's just get through this week. I was standing at one of our pickleball leagues, just overseeing a couple things. I play in those as well. So Love I enjoy pickleball. being there. A uh, huge fan. I just won my men's league last night. So I'm pretty excited. I don't win, but I play. But <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's most of the time it's fun. I get my butt kicked by people twice my age. I know the Katie and they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. So, um, but yeah, so I was standing there and I saw the, the notification come down that said no more than 10 people in, in person, et cetera, et cetera, the quarantine. And I just remember my jaw dropping and walking out of the arena thinking, what are we going to do? And at that time, you know, it, it shutdowns had already started to happen in other cities on the coast. So I started seeing a lot of my friends sharing things to do from home during quarantine, things to, you know, ways to attend events online. And so we just put together a website within that next day of all those options, top 10 things to do from home during coronavirus. And that was my first thought because I was like, I don't know what else we're going to do. All of my sports and events are in person. You know, we have a thousand person grilled cheese festival every year. So how are we going to do that? And then all of my software depends on people playing in person. So how are we going to use that? So all of my business essentially shut down. Um, and my wife and I actually run the business together now. She was an x-ray tech, was able to leave her job four years ago. And it's been absolutely amazing to build our life together. And we just sat down. We're like, maybe we could do something virtual. Like, how do we create fun and community, you know, virtually? And so we went through a couple ideas and we we're just like, well, everybody loves bingo. Anybody of any age can play. So maybe we try an online virtual bingo. And we launched it on Tuesday and it was supposed to be that Friday during happy hour. When we launched it, we had no idea what we were going to do. We ended up taking an old ping pong balls and writing the numbers on them. We drew a bingo, bingo board on the back of our whiteboard wall, set up the camera, and I put on a funny jacket, and I just essentially host bingo. We mixed in trivia, and then we just tips and tricks along the way of 
saying people's names, you know, calling out on their video, like, Hey, Scott, I see you're drinking a, you know, a drink. What do you got there? What's your favorite beverage? Like just little things like that, talking to every single person made it such a big impact. People were like, this is the most fun I've had in a month. Like it, we started seeing that and we just knew we were onto something. So we slowly started testing other ideas. We did a dinner in Netflix where we teach you how to cook a dinner from a movie and then watch movie together. We did networking, we've done uh, trivia, murder mystery, and we've really done really well with our online virtual events now, and we're expanding that. I just did a brewery tasting event this weekend with a radio station that had over 300 people sign up. Um, it was a huge success. We did brew tastings from home. You actually went and picked up your beer the day before, and then from home got brew tastings and tips from local brewers. So we're expanding that. We're actually working on a virtual grilled cheese fest instead of our in-person one. So um, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people who are scared and confused and stuck at home. They don't know what to do. So if we can give them opportunities to engage and interact from home um, to alleviate some of the pr pressure and issues they're having, that's what we're trying to do. Love that, man. So like you're adapting and overcoming to the, this situation now that how about like members with, uh, you know, are, what is their views on getting back to the the new norm, I guess you could say, are people stoked to get back to in-person events through the creator community or are people hesitant? Are people asking or what, what's the yep. verbiage going on out yeah, there? Yeah, People are definitely asking. So we, that we started all of our virtual events in March. We've been unbelievably successful. We are booked almost twice a day, every day with trivia and bingo events. We booked on weekends. Now we're getting booked to help other people do what we're doing now. And like I said, I'm training other people. And that's been going on since March. That's the whole reason we're doing so successful now is we started early. It takes a while for people to realize what it is. Well, along the way, I was actually able to work with the city government and the parks and rec departments that I work with to create a plan to get back to playing in person. And it's tough for us. Like I said earlier, we're on both sides. Missouri, we play in Kansas City, right. Missouri, and Kansas. So we had to work with both state regulations, both city governments, and both Overland, or both parks and rec departments to figure out what they would approve. And we luckily were able to do that by the end of, um, like right at the end of May. And so we launched our registration for in-person sports and we just started with things we could do socially distanced. We've done um, pickleball, uh, cornhole, softball, kickball, and sand volleyball. We didn't bring back our basketball, our indoor volleyball. Sure. We didn't bring back a lot of things that you can't really, you know, save. Not um, we, contact, have, we have right. new sanitation procedures. We doubled our staff. We have different social distancing where the teams have to stage over here while the games are finishing here. They leave this way. We clean everything and bring everybody in. So we put together a plan that the city and all the Parks and Rec approved. We were able to actually start our summer league at the end of June here. Um, and so to your question, yes, people are ready to come back, but we're about 50% of what we normally are. We normally have 4,000 people playing a week in the summers. We got about 2,000. So that's not a complaint. I'm extremely ecstatic about that because yeah. I know there's people out there that can't do that. They're completely shut down. No one's working with them to do anything. So I'm happy we're able to do that. Um, but I think it's a mixture. People are scared and some people are just ready to come back. Are you a membership site or a league by league? It's some, we're growing into some membership options, but right now it's, if you want to play on Tuesday nights, softball for the summer season, you pay, you play for seven weeks and you're done. So you pay e individually each night per season, per sport. Um, and we actually, we award our top captains and top players every year. Um, our average players, the top 10, play four times a week with us all year long. Gotcha. So what's your plan really to expand into other cities across the yeah, United so States? So we're, I'm kind of taking a backwards approach. Um, one of the things about Casey Crew that's been so successful is we're socially driven. So working with public parks, getting you out into the areas you wouldn't have thought of going. And 
seeing how cool it is and being a part of the city. But then we partner with local bars and restaurants. So I built this all into my software, but what week one you play, it could be bar one. Week two could be bar two. So there's a different bar every single week that your team could go before or after to win specials at the, at, or to get specials at the bar. So the other cool thing is we run five or six leagues a night. So that's bringing all of our leagues to one place. Obviously, we're not doing this right now because right. of COVID. But in, in the normal environment, we're one of the only people to do this in the across the country. It's different bar of the weeks. And then what also happens is when you win your kickball game, my umpires put the scores in. It automatically calculates the winner, emails everybody on the team a, a, a coupon for nachos. They walk in the bar, click a button, they get a free round of nachos. Oh, so man. we're driving thousands of people into bars during the week when they normally don't have anyone there. So it's creating this really cool community of socially driven stuff. Well, I've learned that we don't own the parks and rec. We don't own the, we're the in-between. And mm -hmm. ideally, if we could own all of them, it would be a better process. So we are now opening our own food and beverage concepts that are socially driven, sand volleyball bars, pickleball bars. Um, and so I'm actually opening our first one in, Oct in October in St. Charles, Missouri, right outside of St. Louis. And then we're opening one in Kansas City in the riverfront um, in April. So we're actually really excited. And, and the idea is to start with these socially driven food and beverage. We create leagues there, and then we will slowly grow in the community. So it starts with our hub, get that going, and then we start working with parks and rec departments and others around the community to grow socially driven leagues in that community. So we're kind of going backwards the way I went before. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's a great idea. You're a fantastic idea, <clears throat> idea man. Hey, so like, let's get in our... Let's get our DeLorean with Marty McFly, right? You know, and let, let's go back to maybe the 17, 18 year old, you know, Luke Wade. What kind of knowledge nuggets are you dropping on him with the experience and uh, the, the wisdom that you built in your young life right now? Like, what kind of knowledge nuggets are you dropping on Luke to help him level up, shorten the learning curve a little bit? Well, Marty, where we're going, we don't need roads. So <laughs> what, I would, what I would say to him is, um, one, start reading immediately. Um, start reading more books. That's one of the things I didn't do a, young, a younger me is, is read and educate myself. I really just, that's when I became an entrepreneur, left my job, I just started reading book after book after book. And the knowledge I've gained from each one of them is unbelievable. So I would say, one, please start reading, Luke. Why haven't you done that already? Uh, I got to where I was reading almost two books a month over the last couple of years. And it just been unbelievably changing in my business and opening my eyes to a lot of things I never would have thought of. And then number two is surround yourself with good people. Um, people who, where you want to be when you want, where you want to be, that's the people you should surround yourself with. They need to be better than you, smarter than you, and help you get to where you want to be. Because I'm a part of a, quite a few mastermind groups now where I learn so much and it's such a great support system of people just like me going through the struggles I'm going through, maybe not in my specific business or industry, but we all have similar struggles. We're all struggling. At the end of the day, social media shows people that we're all perfect. We're not. Um, I've done, I've really changed that this year. I've done a, I've put a really big effort into showing people that I'm not perfect. And I do that on my LinkedIn quite a bit where I talk about my business struggles, things I'm going through. And it's, it, the response has been unbelievable because people relate to that. No one's perfect. We're all going through things. So I would tell myself to surround myself with great people who can prop me up and you can help as well. Um, so I would say those are the top two things I would tell them. I love it. I love it. And so we talk a lot about the dash here at Time to Shine today. I want to know, my squad wants to know how you want your dash to remember that little mark in between your incarnation date and your expiration date, you know, how, you know, your life date, death date. How do you want Luke's dash to be remembered? Maybe your epitaph, your legacy. 
Yeah, I've never really thought about that. So that's a great deep question. I don't have a canned response for that one. Um, I think you're living it, bro. You're a living yeah. legacy right now, dude. And I don't, I, I'm very careful when I say that about people, you know, because a lot of people will say and they give, and you're honest and transparent about it, not, not having a canned answer because you're living it every day, bro. You're, you're giving till it hurts so good, you know, by giving people opportunities to level up, even when the COVID, so you're shifting. So we can end that question right there. But what are three things that Luke can't live without? Well, I appreciate that, um, what, you, what you said there. Um, I, three things that I can't live without is, um, I'd say right now is my, my, my wife, obviously. You better say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I almost said bike, and she's standing right over there. So I'd have got, I'd have got something thrown at me for sure. But uh, my wife is unbelievable. She has, you know, we started the virtual events together, but I've kind of gone on my community creator path. And I'm working on some other things, and she's taken the virtual events. She's running almost every single one, every single day, and she's been unbelievable. You know, as a business owner, even if it's not your wife, you're always worried about handing off the reins. Like, are they going to do this okay? Are they going to take it okay? And I was doing a lot of the sales calls on the virtual stuff. was taking a lot of my time, and I ended up passing more and more off to her, and she killed it. She did such an amazing job. We got more bookings. People were actually relating to her more, and she's running all the events, so she knows more about it. So I'm so happy that I was able to do that, and she was able to step up and and so that's been unbelievable. Number two would be my bike. I love being outside. I think that's it, whether it's going on a walk or whatever, but my bike gets me outside. And just yesterday, we've had the most nice fall weather here in Kansas City and riding around, I'm just like staring at the clouds. I just really love being outdoors. So I'd say my love bike it. would be number two. And then my friends and family would be number community. three. Love they it. Probably say, you better been, say community. It should have been two, but uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about my bike because I've been riding it so much recently. Um, but my friends and family, like I said, my family are all entrepreneurs. My brother is in software and podcasting and knowledge broker. And my dad's been doing promotion products for 30 years. He does all of our shirts and hats and stuff. And my uncle owns several. But it's just my family is always there to support each other in our business stuff. And my friends are amazing as well. I got a lot of entrepreneurial friends and I've got a lot of great friends who've been supporting me year over year. Jason Holzer included. Yeah. He was one of the first people to join our league. Him and his wife. I remember clear as day being there. So Love friends it. and family, definitely. So what's the one thing Luke knows for sure? I know for sure that um, I, I think there's good in everybody and people want to be nice um, and they want to help each other. It's just showing them how, you know, how that, how much that means to everyone. Like, just little things that you can do, smiling at people, saying nice things. I like your shirt. I like your hat. Oh, is that a new, new shoes? Like just little interactions like that with people can really bring out the best. And I, I think positivity, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much negativity will hurt you and your surroundings. And that's one of the things I've also done over years is just cutting as much negativity out of my life as possible. Because the more positive you are, the better your every day is going to seem, whether that tree limb falls off and nearly hits you and you could think about it and cry about it all day. Or you can thank God it didn't hit you and move on and look at, hey, I got the rest of the day to not worry about getting hit by a tree, right? So there's just a million <laughs> things that positivity can do for you. Um, and so I truly believe that, um, you know, people have that inside them. And I'm hoping that I can help show them and, and, and how that can make their life much better. Love it. What's the, what's the one thing that's blown Luke's mind? Really just blew you away. The adaption of the virtual stuff we're doing. <laughs> I have yeah. no Isn't idea. crazy? I have no, I still get blown. Like I said, we, last weekend, we just did a brewery event and, and we did a virtual brew tasting and I had no idea it was going to be so successful. And everybody who attended kept thanking over and over again. Thank you for giving us something to do. Thank you for doing something fun. Like, and so, you know, and even virtual bingo, like, you know, I played bingo. I love bingo, but 
you know, I never played it as much as I have now, and I don't think most people have, but the fact that people love it so much and the way we've been able to been ad adapt it virtually to create the interaction and the engagement that people That's awesome. Uh, it's unbelievable. I still, every day, I still can't believe it. That, that's awesome. So what's your definition of a life well lived, Luke? You know, freedom, I think, is the number one thing. Being able to choose the life you want, plan out your day-to-day. -day. You know, my wife and I went on a six-mile bike ride yesterday morning at like 8.30 to go get coffee, and we walked around and rode our bikes back. You know, just being able to live the life that I want to live, you know, is is my is that definition and and i say this to people all the time I've, i never talk you know money my salary to me doesn't matter i've gone up i've gone down you know, i made a, a ton more when i was a software developer i'm not worried about that anymore what i'm worried about is quality of life and i think freedom is the number one thing about that. love that bro love it hey so we're gonna as we wind things down here a bit luke we like to do our leveling up lightning round okay yep and you and i could talk 15 20 minutes but i need five second answers okay like, top of your head you ready to rock yep What's the best leveling up advice you've ever received? Uh, expand uh, horizontally, not just vertically. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Look linear. That's beautiful. Share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Meditation and mindfulness. Love it. Not the book you're reading now, not the flavor of the month, but what's the one book, man, if I'm in the doldrums and I need to be leveled up, be like Fergie, read this book. Uh, four hour work week is the one that changed my life. Um, uh, but, uh, most recently the ultimate sales machine. Both are great. Fantastic, man. So sports star or Hollywood star? Oh, that's tough. I'd say sports star. Me too. But it's yeah, gotta be something like golf. Cause my body hurts too much. To do <laughs> Favorite charity or, and organization you like to give your time and or money to? Uh, recent, uh, now, uh, the, the battle within is a program for people with PTS or trauma. It started for Thank veterans. You. I went through yep. it several years ago and changed my life. Good for you, man. Good for you. And that'll be in the show notes, peeps also. All right. Last question. You might need some explanation on this one, but what's the best decade of music? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? I got to say 80s. 80s. All right. Well, man, yeah. we can hang big hair. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. Hey Luke, how can we find your brother? Uh, the community creator.com. Uh, you can find all of my social links there. I'm, I'm actually got a virtual boot camp going on right now. I'm not sure when this goes live, but I'm going to be offering challenges and boot camps to teach people how to do what I do and workshops. So check it out there. A podcast coming soon. If you're looking at some of the stuff that I've done with Casey crew, it's just caseycrew.com. Well, I love it. I love it. Luke, leave us and all those, uh, links will be in the show notes folks. Um, so make sure you do check them out. And Luke, leave us with one last knowledge nugget you want us to take with us, internalize, and take action on. I would say if you are not happy, all it takes is one step a day to change it. And you Love just it. have to figure out where you want to be. Um, and and it, it isn't easy, but you can do it. And so if, if you're not happy, where, what's going to make you happy and take those steps every day to get there? All right, squad, you just had a freaking free masterclass dropped on you by someone my good friend here, Luke Wade, who is the epitome of adapting and overcoming. He's got his no douchebag clause in his league, which is makes it fun. And so people are accepting and people can in from all levels can go and have fun. He's all about having fun and uplifting people. He reminds you that, you know, not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. So get a book that's going to level you up and try to read one a month. That's what we do here at Time to Shine today. All my clients, they must read a book a month and we need to talk about it. And always, he's always leveling up. He tells you to surround yourself with good people to level you up, people that might know more than you about certain aspects, because that's what a great leader, great delegator does. 
he reminds us that there is good in everybody. And make sure you show people what you mean by that. Maybe smile at him, give him a compliment, and have some fun. The dude's a family man. He loves to live free with no encumbrances. He reminds you to expand horizontally, not just vertically, which that blew my mind because a lot of people are just looking to move up, man. You got to see what's around you, and that will help you adapt and overcome, just like Luke did with the creator, the, the community creator. And remember that inch by inch, it's a cinch is what we say here at Time to Shine today towards happiness. Do something every day that's going to make you happy. Luke, you're humble, yet hungry. You're loving up your health. You level up your wealth. You're part of our squad now. You can't go anywhere. We got to collaborate on some stuff, and I just can't wait, brother. Sounds great. Thanks again for having me. I can't wait to see where this goes. You bet. Thanks, Luke. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter and Nugent Real Estate real estate excellence who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com if you're a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on time to shine today please visit time to shine today.com slash guest if you like this episode please subscribe on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts there's a link in the show notes to our website also, there you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.